0: myself on the ramparts i will look to see what he god what he will say to me and what answer i am to give to this complaint then the lord replied write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it for the revelation awaits an appointed time it speaks of the end and will not prove false though it linger wait for it it will certainly come and will not delay Nine years ago, our elders and deacons posed the question, what is the vision for Lockwood Church? Another way of asking that same question, what will Lockwood look like if we as a church are really what God longs for us to be? I was a little uneasy with a vision question for maybe the better part of two decades, highly regarded teachers were touring the country urging churches and pastors especially to get a vision for their church from the Lord. So pastors in large numbers were headed off on what amounted to a vision quest, off on retreat to dream dreams and see visions of what God wanted to do in their local churches. I know a pastor, a friend of mine, who came back from one of these envisioning conferences with a very specific vision of what God would accomplish at his church. I don't remember what that vision was now, except for this. It included a fountain on the grounds near the main doors just off the parking lot. Well, our elders and deacons asked the vision question, what will Lockwood look like if we as a church are really what God wants us to be, but we didn't get a vision of a fountain. We didn't get a vision as some people I've known, of huge crowds and attendance on Sunday mornings. The, the building that we occupy today, built four years after we asked the vision question, didn't come as a result of vision, but as a result of necessity. Our vision of what Lockwood would look like if it were everything God longs for it to be had to do with people, not with buildings or grounds or programs When I closed my eyes, I didn't envision a big campus. I didn't see parking lot attendants or a Starbucks coffee bar in the lobby. I asked for that one, but the Lord said no. (laughs) None of us saw that kind of thing. And I'm not criticizing it. God may give that kind of vision to some people. He just didn't give it to us. As we thought about what Lockwood would look like, and prayed about what Locke would, would look like. We saw people. We saw a church full of people who were committed to Christ, to Christ'-likeness, to each other and to the world. We saw people, not buildings, lives, not budgets. We saw ourselves wholly committed to Jesus Christ. We saw you. Over the years, I and others have preached from biblical texts on the four aspects of this vision, committed to Christ, to Christ's likeness, to each other, to the world. But it's been a few years since we've done so. Today, I want to remind you of what Lockwood can be, what you can be, what the Lord longs for us to be. The Habakkuk passage I read a moment ago comes out of a period when the prophet despaired over the greed and and injustice that dominated his society. He could see that change was desperately needed, and it Heard him to see it, and he asked God to do something. Really, if you read Habakkuk chapter 1, he demanded that God do something. And God said he would, just not what the prophet imagined. He said he would send an enemy nation to defeat Habakkuk's country in war. That would change things. But Habakkuk was horrified. That's not at all what I meant, he told God. You must have something else. Then come the words of our text. Dismayed, the prophet says, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he'll say to me. When we asked God to show us what he had planned for us, we said pretty much the same thing. Lord, we're going to stand and watch and wait to see what you've planned for us. Well, to Habakkuk, God said, write down the revelation, make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. In other words, make sure everyone hears what I want them to hear. Make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it means write it out on such a large sign and such large letters that people can read it even when the messenger sprints through town holding the sign up high. That's what I'm trying to do today. What we saw then, nine years ago, I'm writing out big today so that we can all see it. I want to remind us of what Lockwood Church can be. Reassure us that this vision is in line with biblical revelation and inspire us to take steps to make it a reality in our own lives. What well, we saw nine years ago, we put into a statement, a vision statement, if you will. <clears throat> and the first word of that statement puts us on notice. It lets us know that we're not envisioning some soft, generic piety. God doesn't want to be our hobby That's not what he longs for when he thinks of us. And he's always thinking of us. The first word of that vision statement is committed. That's not a word you often hear these days. Committed is such a narrow word. It doesn't see options. And our society loves options. Committed is an all or nothing, all your eggs in one basket, now and forever kind of word. And let's face it, that's not what we're used to. Our society is one where people give up on approximately half of the marriages entered into. Commitment's not all that highly esteemed. And you see it everywhere. People promise before God and witnesses to be faithful to each other till they're parted by death. And then they're parted by differences a year or two later. Athletes sign $10 million contracts and then break them when a $12 million offer comes along. Americans don't commit, they sample. Relationships, careers, even churches. That's not what we want at Lockwood. We want our commitment to stand out in bold relief from the fickleness of our society. Because we know there is no surer path to spiritual failure than to approach God with a provisional allegiance. Jesus said to people, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. That's commitment. People to say, to say to Jesus in return, Well, as long as I'm not too busy and it doesn't cost too much, as long as something else doesn't turn up that I need to do, I'll follow you. That's not faith. That's balderdash. That's not faith. Often people think that Christianity doesn't work, but the reality is they don't work. You know, an airplane only works as an airplane when sufficient energy is expended to get it off the ground. If the pilot doesn't give it enough throttle, it'll never get airborne, and it'll eventually crash. If a person doesn't give the Christian life enough throttle, he won't get off the ground either. Commitment is the throttle. Faith without commitment is like pulling back on the stick without sufficient airspeed. You're going to have a bumpy ride, and you're not going to like where you end up. Faith and commitment cannot be separated. The two are always found in tandem. If you don't think so, just try to exercise faith without commitment. You'll find it can't be done. But people try. In fact, we've developed a theology around trying. And those people inevitably struggle with doubts about the reality of their faith. Without commitment, faith is... A wraith-like, ghostly thing. You think you see it, but you can't be sure. It's commitment that gives faith form and substance. When Lockwood is what it can be, what God longs for us to be, we won't just be committed to a cause, we'll be committed to a person, to Jesus Christ. Commitment to a cause may be religion, but it's not Christianity. Christianity. The commitments that characterize Lockwood to Christ, to likeness, to each other, and to the world, all flow from the same source. They all flow from faith in Jesus Christ. Some people try to be committed to the church. I meet them all the time. I've seen it over the years more often than I can remember. They, they try to follow the each other part of our vision statement. But their effort doesn't flow out of a commitment, a living commitment to Jesus. Others try to be committed to the world. They join Habitat for Humanity or some other really good cause. But not because they believe in Jesus. Some people in the spiritual formation movement, I've spent some time with some of these folks, actually commit themselves to being like Jesus. The Christ-likeness of our vision statement. They really want to be like him but they try to do it without having made a personal commitment to him. At Lockwood, we realize that the commitment to Christ precedes these other commitments and expresses itself through them. The why of what we do is found in our commitment to Christ. The how of what we do is found in our commitment to Christ's likeness. The who of what we do is found in our commitment to each other. And the wear of what we do is found in our commitment to the world. But they all flow out of the one great commitment to Jesus Christ Himself. See, when we believe on Jesus in a biblical sense, we give ourselves to Him. And He, in turn, gives Himself to us. His life for ours. And His life, not surprisingly, is always Christlike in character others oriented in love, and worldwide in scope. What that means is this. We don't so much make four commitments as one all-encompassing commitment to Christ himself. That commitment will radically alter everything else. How we live? With likeness. Who we love? Our family, the church. Where we operate? In the world. Now, when that commitment is real, when any commitment is real, it always involves placing oneself or one's resources at the disposal of another. To commit to Jesus is to place your welfare, your time, and your future in His hands. When you commit to Jesus, you're not merely committing your security after death to Him. Well, that's pretty much how people hear about the faith over and over again. You're not just committing your life after death, but your life after the 830 service. And from now on. Jesus didn't say, come, go to heaven. He said, come, follow me. And he will surely lead you to heaven. But he'll take you through life on earth. His kind of life. in getting there. I don't think that's sufficiently clear to people. Even though Jesus himself was perfectly clear about it. Jesus is not, as he's too often represented, a ticket to heaven. He's the Lord of heaven. Sure, he invites you to join him, but that's the point. You join him, you don't use him. He's not like a ticket at the movie theater that you forget all about once you've got in. Commitment doesn't say, I already did that. I accepted Jesus when I was 10. No, it says with the apostle Peter, Lord, we've left everything to follow you. So are you committed to Jesus Christ? I'm not asking if you agree that he's God's son or if you believe the biblical report that he died for sins and was raised from the dead. I'm asking if you've placed yourself, your time, and your future at his disposal. Commitment takes seriously what Jesus said, what he did, and what he's doing. At Lockwood, we realize that our commitment is not just about doing though it's also about being. When we commit to Jesus, we begin to resemble him. Out of our commitment to Christ flows naturally and powerfully the resulting commitment to become like Christ. Remember what Jesus said to his followers? A student is not above his teacher, but everyone who's fully trained will be like his teacher. That's Christ's likeness. To his disciples on the eve of his crucifixion, he said, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done. That's Christlikeness. He invited all his hearers, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest to your souls. That's Christlikeness. St. Paul tells us that becoming Christlike is part of God's big picture for us. He says that those whom God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. That's Christ's likeness. It's the big picture. God is remaking humanity in his own image by conforming people to the likeness of his son. He wants a world of people who look like Jesus. Little Christs. Which just happens to be what the word Christian means. At Lockwood, we want to be like Jesus. Jesus. In the words of a good old gospel song, be like Jesus, this my song, in the home and in the throng, be like Jesus all day long. I would be like Jesus. We want to think like Jesus, love like Jesus, act like Jesus. We know we can't just act like Jesus. We need to think like him and love like him, or we'll end up hypocrites. We want to be transformed into his image in the context of commitment and independence on his grace. So the commitment to Christ expresses itself naturally, powerfully, in a longing to be Christ-like. If you have no longing to be Christ-like, something's wrong. But that longing doesn't happen in a vacuum. It's evidenced most clearly in relationships. Relationships. Remember what Jesus said, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. As I have, that's likeness again. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples, if you love one another. People will know that you belong to me when you love each other, because you'll look like me. likeness is our goal all the time, in the home, in the throng, all day long. But it shows up most clearly in our relationships. So we commit to each other as part of this all-encompassing commitment to Jesus. In the words of our church covenant, we promise to develop loving relationships with our Christian family. If you're a church covenant partner, you made that promise. To accept one another in the spirit of Christ. To serve one another, especially in times of need. And there are always those times, aren't there? To bear with those with whom we have differences in the body of Christ, to encourage one another to be true to God and His purposes in our lives. We don't commit to these things just so we can be good church members, but because we want to be like Jesus Christ, to whom we've committed ourselves wholeheartedly. And our commitment to Christ and Christ' likeness doesn't end at the doors or with our little circle of friends. It extends into the world. A man was doing some cleanup around his church building one Saturday when a stranger drove into the parking lot, rolled down the window and asked, when does your church service begin? The man answered, as soon as the meeting ends. Our commitment to Jesus, and this is even more important, the commitment of his spirit, his commitment of his spirit to us, carries us into the world in the love of Christ. Christ-likeness is developed as we interact with people who are not like us. People from different racial, ethnic, and religious backgrounds. People who belong to different socioeconomic groups. People who hold different political views. Gay people, Muslim people, young people, old people. This commitment to the world works itself out in a variety of ways. One of which is helping people in need. Just read the Gospels. Read the book of Acts when people talk about what Jesus has done. He went around doing good. In our church family, that happens in many ways. Working with Family Promise to help the homeless. Or at the food pantry to help the hungry. Or giving money to the free clinic to help the sick. Or volunteering at Beginning's Care for Life to help the unborn. Or as a grandma in the public schools to help young children. Or at E.B. Klein to help teenagers. The list goes on and on. Some of our people express their commitment to the world by serving on the school board or the hospital board or by running for public office. These are all ways that Lockwood people express their commitment to the world. Do you know what the best way to express your commitment to the world is? Tell people the good news of Jesus Christ. It's the best thing you can do for them. And the context of a life committed to him that is Christ-like. so that's the vision for lockwood church. No fountains. No coffee bars. Maybe someday a coffee bar. We can pray about that. But a people wholeheartedly committed to Christ, to Christlikeness, to each other, to the world. Now there's one thing that remains to be said. Or better, one question that remains to be asked. What if someone is not committed to Christ in the way I've been describing? Is there still a place at Lockwood for that person? Absolutely. Of course there is. Some of us, most of us, I hope, have made an all-or-nothing, all-our-eggs-in-one-basket commitment to Jesus Christ. But some of us haven't. Some of us may never even have thought about it before. We want people at Lockwood every week who haven't made that commitment yet. People for whom that commitment still lies in the future. We want people to explore, to ask questions, to make up their own minds. And even those of us who've already made a commitment to Christ are still in the process of discovering all that that entails. There's so much more for us to experience, to learn, and to give. None of us have arrived. But many of us are on the journey. If you're not, I want to invite you to join us. And more importantly, to join our master. Now let's pray. Lord, speak to our hearts by your spirit. Say all those things that we need to hear from you. Because your word never goes back to you void. Do it for Jesus' sake, O Lord.